94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. This morning we have Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be with you and there's lots to share. Obviously, we have, you know, changes at the federal level coming and lots of, of policy changes, too, for COVID, both some locally and some nationally. So, you know, I, I'm glad to give you an update. And You're heading for the mainland. Can you share a little bit about what's what's happening? Because I know last week you alluded to going up there and lobbying for a national mass mandate, among other things. What What's happening? Yeah, whoever I can see, and it's always challenging um, to get into D.C. after the elections, but whoever I can see, I will definitely be speaking to about making sure that they get to a mask mandate. I do have connections with some of the guys who are very likely to end up running our health and human services division. So I'll be speaking with them. Also hospital leadership. There's other people across the spectrum that are working on our program and national programs on testing. All of these things are valuable and being able to convey what we're doing for Hawaii to other people is also beneficial. I met with the, you'll find this interesting with the Israeli government yesterday because they are beginning the process of a safe travels program into their country. Mm. And so there's a lot to share and there's a lot to learn. And, you know, that's part of my role. You know, I have a outsized health role because of my background. So I'm happy to do it. Uh, Traveling is not always fun, but, uh, you know, having been in the state for a year because of COVID, it's, it's important to have some of these meetings. And so, this is a time where we have to make some positive change for our country. We are seeing huge COVID sp- uh, spikes on the mainland because I already had COVID. I'm not as reticent about traveling personally, but it's a um, it's an important time, and it's time to to get America off its butt and fix this. Okay, policy changes locally and nationally. What do you see coming? Well, I see a mask mandate coming. It's got to happen for us, and it has to happen nationally too. But For us, the reason to do it is because there's clear demonstration now in the data that you get a 50% reduction in cases if you have a clear mask mandate. Now, the governor has expressed that we have a de facto mask mandate because our emergency proclamation insists that everyone follow the county rules, and the county guys each have their own mandates. But the problem with it is it's a misdemeanor offense, which means $5,000 and a year in jail or up to that. Mm-hmm. And all of those are going to get tossed out of court. Therefore, it doesn't have the deterrent uh, capacity that you want. The things that work are small fines, 50, 75, 100 bucks, whatever, when people are not wearing a mask. So that instead of just handing them a mask, you hand them a fine and people will learn very quickly that that can't be done. Most people are doing a good job, but not everybody Our mask rates dropped a little bit last week, actually, into the high 70s, down from the low 80s. Mm. And that's a problem because though the percentage sounds kind of okay, it's really not. If you're not over 90%, you don't stop the virus. In fact, to really get good containment, like they do in Japan and Korea, you have to get towards 95% of mask wearing. And they are very, very organized, regimented societies. And so they tend to have a better success. But we can't afford to continue to have upsurges and downsurges with lockdowns, upsurge, lockdown again. That's that comes at great cost to people's psyche, to their businesses, to our life in Hawaii. And I would frankly rather just have it be clear that you are going to face a small fine until this pandemic's done, until we get everyone vaccinated. And then we're in the clear. So they tested this stuff. They checked one county against another in, for instance, Kansas. The Kansas counties that didn't do the mask mandates had 
you know, crazy spread, the ones that did right next door because they were allowed to choose saw a 50 percent decline, like I mentioned. So why wouldn't we do this political will? We got to get we got to get the legislature back and a quick fix. I know that they're supportive of this kind of thing because they're very you know, compassionate to protect their constituents. So we got to do this. Mm -hmm, Okay, Um, sir, what is causing this unprecedented surge on the mainland and what are the lessons for us here in Hawaii? I wonder also what steps we are taking to protect against that unprecedented wave affecting us here. Well, it's a combination of things. One is that the weather is turning and as the weather turns into uh, colder, wetter kind of uh, climates, you see people go indoors and indoor spread is 20 to 21 times higher than outdoor spread. So as soon as you have people indoors in clusters where they can't socially distance and the air is not circulating fully, you see rapid spread of a airborne or a droplet borne, choose pick your poison in this case virus. So that's really what happens. Now that bodes well for us. It means that the effects of that are blunted in Hawaii because even though we do start getting rainy season, people can still be outside way more than they can in, in New York, Boston, LA, anywhere where San Francisco where it starts getting cooler, Seattle. So as soon as people are indoors, it's a nightmare with these kind of viruses. It's why we have flu season spikes. It's why we have, in this case, COVID spikes and we will benefit, but we also, we also are in this with them as their rates go up. We're going to continue to do safe travels. We're going to, that's the pretest. We're going to continue to do post-testing to our ability but it can't be perfect. And so we tend to have a surge of flu like eight weeks after the mainland. And so we're watching closely as they've gone through the beginnings of this nasty surge that we don't have the same. So everyone's radar's up. Okay. Thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Um, real quickly, uh, the state just found out only 18 COVID-19 positives out of the 15,000 tests for travelers. Um, that's amazing numbers. So what do you attribute yeah, that? Yeah, that's number uh, reality, just reality. <laughs> we knew that the numbers would be something like that. I mean, I, I studied this, this stuff beforehand, and we saw unbelievably similar numbers out of French Polynesia. Again, a travel destination where they did a pretest three days before and then a within three days of travel and then a post-test. And so they saw one out of 800. Our number is one out of 842. I mean – I'm not a PhD in statistics, but I can see that that number is pretty close. And so what it says is if you have people being thoughtful before they travel, number one, so they don't travel if they're sick, and two, you put a pretty significant impediment to travel unless they go through a process, in this case a test, you can verify who is sick and who isn't or who has the virus and who doesn't, and you set those guys aside. There is still all always going to be some virus as Fauci shared with us because some people don't have enough viral load yet to test positive, but it's low. The reason that we could get more cases and, and I'm, I want people to understand this is it's not from the individuals themselves that travel here. That's, that's minuscule. That's a lower number than our base rate of Mm -hmm. COVID, but it is because we are working now. A lot of people are getting back to work thousands and thousands. And if we're at work, we have more time to be in contact with with one another. We have more, you know, more times where we have lunches together. We have more money in our pockets. So there'll be a little more activity at restaurants. And those are all good things. But if they're not wearing masks, back to our previous assertion, then we'll have a surge in COVID. So all these things are connected. 
and I'll add another connecting point later, which will be the vaccination, but we have to realize that this is an organic system and we have to open the economy, but safely. We have to go to work, but with masks. We have to get vaccinated, people support it in a smart way. And that's how you beat this stuff. I, you know, I, it was annoying because I'm sensitive to have people lob hand grenades at me saying this won't work and we're not doing it. But the point is it shouldn't be political. It should just be science. And if we see a surge or the case counts go up for travelers, we'll add more tests. We'll make it tougher for people to come in without being cleared. That's uh, you know, those are the levers that we have. And so I was pretty gratified to see the results and we'll keep doing more surveillance testing. And you know why? Because there's more COVID on the mainland. So if the COVID rates go up, like to 250,000 a day, mm-hmm. right, in the country, the surveillance testing and the pretest is even more important. We might see the rates go up because just naturally, if there's way more COVID in the mainland, the likelihood is that travelers will have higher risk. But that will give us more opportunity, say, to do some of what um, Mayor Kawakami has some very good ideas, to do some extra testing. We have to find a way to help and support uh, counties because there's not a lot of revenue right now. And to be fair, you know, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. But there's some good ideas there. And Mayor, let me say something nice about Mayor Caldwell. Shock you all. He's got his <laughs> test, you know, center coming online. Those are good people. That will also be beneficial. It might not be a part of the travel program from the mainland, but it might be helpful for inner island. It might be helpful for schools who, like one spouse might be working in a hotel, the other's a school teacher. And so a little extra risk and having that test available will be great. So, Really, everyone needs to work together. I'll keep working on these projects. And whatever, whatever we ultimately think can be done um, to decrease COVID to get to the vaccination, I'm in favor of. It just has to be, it has to be well thought out and strategic because I, I, I don't want to be like this, but we can't stay closed forever. We just can't do it. We had lots of very tough consequences from being closed. Mm-hmm. And some of them are going to be felt for years to come. So... As a state, we have to be smarter than the others because we rely so much on travel. And we have to also think about the future. And that's why having a good protocol like this is good for us. You know, when I, the last, in the last six days, I was able to advise the state of New York and the, the country of Israel, both on the similar plan to, to, to protect their states. And it felt good because it felt like Hawaii had something to offer based on the advice that we got from our committee and from mm-hmm. the mayors and the governor. And so the whole, the whole world is going to ultimately do some of these things. But other countries are going to see that there are ways to open up safely. Uh, if it gets real me- me- messy or nasty, we'll, you know, we'll slow down. It's OK. Mm-hmm. But this this thing is a um, it's a virus that will come and will eventually be protected from. It can't define us for the next 10 years. We can't allow that to happen. Got it. We're talking with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. Sir, do you realistically think that Honolulu will be in tier? Like we're we're already going to miss next week's original timeline. So now I know uh, the mayor is talking about opening up for tier three by the day before Thanksgiving, I think is what he's talking about. Is that realistic? Or when when will we get there? I can't. I can't with a straight face speak for the mayor. All right. He's got to decide what he's got to decide. And oh, no. uh, he'll, he'll look at his numbers. See, you're trying to set me off in a nice way. I, that's his decision. And I will respect it. I'll probably whine about it internally if I think it's going to cause trouble. But 
he's looking at his numbers and the state numbers. It might be possible day over day. It's hard to know because there are lots of changes going on. I can tell you this. If we already had a mask mandate in place, we'd be beyond state tier three. We would be racing forward to opening without difficulties at all. And that's something to kind of put in your back pocket. So I think he even commented in support of my proposal for a mask mandate. So Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Um, But no one's going to take any significant risks. This is what I would say. Whatever tier we're in, please be very careful over Thanksgiving. If one is having relatives or friends over and they're not in your immediate household bubble, you know, if they're not your internal people that you're with every day, then wear a mask and keep six feet apart um, best best you can because you will see spread otherwise. And Thanksgiving is by its very nature a – a challenging spreading event because people will sit together for three or four hours Mm -hmm. eating and then falling asleep and then eating again. And, you know, that's, (laughs) that's how you spread this thing, man. You're too close to each other. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I hope that we'll keep our gatherings small. I hope that, uh, we will have a blowout 2021 Thanksgiving, like you never saw before, because there'll be no virus and we'll have vaccinations in place, but whatever the mayors decide, um, including the mayor of Honolulu, it's, it's prudent to go slow and play it small for Thanksgiving this year. Okay. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor. Uh, just a question. Uh, I overheard people talking about the whole uh, counts for COVID. Uh, and somebody was saying that their somebody, somebody's, you know, the friend of somebody's dad or whatever, got moved to a COVID unit and then got counted in the COVID case, even though after they tested, they were not considered uh, infectious, or they were not, they didn't have COVID. They tested negative. And that's why the counts are wrong. So there, so do you have, I guess the big question is, do you have confidence that the numbers that are being reported are accurate? Yeah, they are. They're accurate. They're not going to be perfect. Uh, what, what you're talking about, and I think that that person probably is suggesting, is there are people that are under surveillance. They become cases of interest, and you're waiting because they've had a fever and maybe they have a cough or shortness of breath, they're in and they're, they're counted as a case of concern, but they don't actually get counted until the test pops positive. Mm. Now we don't, so we're not adding those into our, our numerator, you know, the top number of the total cases. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that that's a little bit of urban legend, although, you know, people are capable of making mistakes. That's when you're, when you're counting thousands and thousands of cases and everyone's running crazy because there's so much work to do and they're worried about the actual health of the patient, sure, it's possible. But I don't know if you noticed, but yesterday when I did my update, I said to people, we're going to now be more focused on trends. And I don't, I don't think it's necessary to know the exact number every single day is perfect, plus or minus one. That's why you want to know what's the positivity rate What's the total number of cases in the last two weeks? How are our hospitals doing? Now, I love numbers, okay? I'm a fiend for numbers, baseball numbers, football numbers, COVID numbers, but it's really about where are we as a state? Are we able to still function? The only time the specific numbers matter is if it's you, if it's actually that person that is COVID positive. And on a granular level, we're always going to take care of people one by one. So that's not in danger. What's What's important is the big picture. And because it's scary, because COVID is scary in general, people just love to focus on some of the very small minutia. Mm -hmm. But 
honestly, if we spent much more time making sure we had a, a mask mandate, our time would be better spent. Okay. Got it. Sir, I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about sports. Do you think it's safe for families, uh, for kids, especially uh, to have games and then to have, you know, families at the sidelines and things like that? Uh, If it's done um, with care, yes, I do, actually. Mm -hmm. I think that having a a number out there, which is somewhat arbitrary, uh, that often reflects, say, a cluster amongst one part of the community, but not the whole county or the state, doesn't really tell the picture or tell the story of what's going to be safe on the sidelines of a football game. I mean, if you have statewide a case count of 128 and a bunch of the cases were on Lanai and a bunch of the other cases were in South Kona and then the last remaining cases were in Kalihi, I really don't think you have to worry about the football game in Waianae. And so I think that people are, they're probably not saying it that way, but they are expressing that they would like to have a little bit more focused decision-making and, the next, I, I did brief um, the mayor-elect from Big Island and Honolulu, and I shared my thoughts about this, and they're going to have to make their own leadership decisions. You know, I won't share the details of that conversation out of respect to them, but they, as new leaders, are going to look at these things. They're going to look at all of the tiers, and they're going to look at how they approach opening, and they'll make their own minds up. I would say this, that a lot of sports teams all around the world are able to open, but they're doing it carefully with some testing. My old high school, which was the defending soccer champions this year, unfortunately had a positive case and they had to sit out the playoffs and couldn't defend their state championship. And that's just the reality that you'll face. Mm -hmm. The students and the student athletes will have to get testing. The fans will have to be kept in a very um, sparsely uh, attended way in the stands. They won't be able to be close to one another. They'll have to be in little bubbles. That's important, uh, but it can be done. Mm. And the season might have to be shrunken a little bit because sometimes our teams do travel in our island, and I don't, I'm not so sure that that's practical uh, this particular year because mm-hmm. it was, you know, it's just going to be really difficult to also add the testing and travel. But I think it can be done. Um, we do have some questions from our listeners. Um, Liz is asking, are we going to see a spike in cases following uh, some gatherings on Halloween? Uh, unfortunately, Liz, I think we are. I think we probably are going to see a 20 or 30% increase. And that may make um, some of the mayor's decisions more difficult. I want to credit um, Mayor Caldwell. He was very much on the right point and on message when he talked about being careful and not having, you know, big big Halloween events, but Mm -hmm. people still did have parties and human nature. Um, So we're going to see a spike. We're also going to see a small spike from the election uh, uh, because people got to look, you got to respect people went out and voted Man, so many people voted. I can't believe it. It's awesome. But mail-in would have been better if I can uh, this time. You know, most people did mail-in vote, by the way, you know, it's like well over 500,000 people voted by mail-in and I think only 30,000 people voted uh, by uh, standing at, at the two sites on, on Oahu. But be that as it may, uh, we're going to see a spike. And it shouldn't be like it was because it was really nasty over 4th of July, but it's not going to be nothing. Mm. And we'll just deal with it. You know, we were at 82 people in the hospital yesterday. That's down from 318. But it's also up from 58, uh, which was two weeks ago. So we are seeing a small increase. The hospital numbers always reflect the numbers that you see uh, that you see just statewide. Mm-hmm. 
about 7 to 7.2% of all people that contract COVID and get tested positive end up in the hospital. That's a pretty solid number. And, you know, I'm just telling you, if we have 1,400 active cases, multiply it by 7.2%, and I'll tell you how many people my friends and I are going to be treating in the hospital. Mm. Um, I, I could even go worse still and tell you what the fatality rate is. So, you know, it's um, very real. I hope that we learn this lesson now. It may benefit us because the cautionary tale from Halloween may tell us a lot about what to do over Thanksgiving. I, I see Thanksgiving as a larger risk because, uh, like I said earlier, you know, when you sit around a table to eat, you have to take your masks off. Mm-hmm. At Halloween, at least, you know, people are dressing up like ghosts and wearing masks and and they're moving perfect, around, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're in the open air, and they just, it's its just less likely that you'll transmit the virus. But you still will transmit it, and we are doubtless going to see some cases. Uh, Christmas should be a little less. People tend to stay to themselves uh, just, you know, they don't, they don't have those big blowout dinners quite as often mm-hmm. like Thanksgiving. So all these things are for consideration, and, no matter what, we'll deal, we'll deal with it. We'll live with, with the consequences. But I hate to see us ever slip backward because, gosh, people fought so hard to get these numbers down mm-hmm. and to open the economy that it's going to sting if we end up, you know, ever having to wrestle with, with going back. I think that they're going to probably uh, – we're going to do a lot of new things in the new year, I'm sure. Extra certifications for businesses – People will be wearing masks more. The vaccination will come. All those things are beneficial, but we can't forget our past. And that past included a lot of spread. Okay. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor. Uh, Speaking of vaccinations, so uh, can you tell us what you think? I think it's pretty good news. It's not guaranteed, but the news out of Pfizer is that their um, success rate of the vaccine is 90%. Mm -hmm. Most vaccines and flu shots in particular are way lower. There are years when the flu shot is only 50% effective. So if this vaccination proves to be 90% effective, and in our first go around, we do high risk people, our kupuna and our first responders and healthcare workers, that right off the bat is a victory. And then in the fall, I'm sorry, later in the spring, forgive me. First, we do it at the end of this year, early January. So that first group, it looks mm-hmm. like 44,000 doses will come to us. Uh, not for sure which ones, but we'll get you know, a significant amount. Then in the spring, we make it available to those who want it uh, in a much bigger way, maybe four or 500,000 people then. It's a gigantic opportunity. And historically, only about 50, 55% of people get their flu shot is my understanding. I think it'll be higher with COVID because COVID is nastier and scarier. So people will get the flu. They'll know that they shouldn't have, had to worry about that then they'll get a a vaccination for covid because it's too terrible Mm -hmm. and come late spring we should be good i think that if we are very smart about things if we with a mask mandate or not if we get our mask wearing well over 90 percent and if we go into the you know the winter ready to be vaccinated we will not have to deal with this for most of 2021. And then we've got the safe travels program so that we basically can take tourism here. It's, you know, I know some people are freaked out. It's okay. But that's the way we get to a recovery. And having a recovery means recovering from a health standpoint, recovering from an economic standpoint, and recovering from a psychological standpoint, which is probably the hardest one. People have been freaked out over this virus. 
and it's just it's got to we've got to move on because it's going to traumatize our society if we don't get through this and smoothly Mm -hmm. so watch for that i mean i think that some of our conversations may very well be interesting ones in the future about what the the psychological uh, impact of being locked down for the better part of 2020 were the psychological impact of setting back our our quality of life for a couple of years because of you know the obvious mm-hmm. you know, challenges that we had so look for all that but won't, won't it be good as long as you i mean i understand some people don't like vaccinations but won't it be cool to be able to walk outdoors and know that when you go to a restaurant your servers were vaccinated and they don't have covid or yeah, that'd be nice that when you have your tutu in you're not going to kill them if one of your kids has covid because yeah. they got vaccinated right Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, one follow up. Um, This is a worldwide pandemic. So how are we putting ourselves in the queue for getting this thing? Because if Pfizer's devising it, they're devising it for the world. It's not just for us. Why do you think I'm flying to D.C.? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So are you old? So are you actually talking? Who are who would you need to? Talk to yeah. There's a lot of people, a lot of people to meet with. But I already, in fact, this morning was talking to them. And I have, um, I was talking to the Eli Lilly people and then the Pfizer people have been in contact with me because of their research. Mm. And I've got longstanding ties. Just, you know, it's, there is a downside to having people be in politics for a while. But I, over the years, was able to meet a lot of these folks. And sometimes I was mad at them because their medicines were too expensive. But I'm pretty happy right now with them because I'm, pleased that they're working so hard on this vaccination so you know it pays some dividends i'm looking forward to seeing whomever i can and it's going to be over several months but you know this week next week the following month hawaii doesn't have to wait we should never wait the one challenge we do have i will point out though is this cold chain vaccination business they they have told us the vaccination has to be kept at very low temperatures and we live in the tropics. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. We are working through that right now. Mm. But these are the kind of things that need extra planning and extra work. Uh, I'm feeling a little sleepy, but I'm excited to see, you know, I'm excited to see the end of this rainbow a little bit. Yeah. And, I, you know, like I said, I know some people don't want to get vaccinated. That's okay. That I really respect whomever they are, what their choices are. But for those who do and for the benefits that we'll get as a community and society, it's really good. So, At least count me in, as long as it's safe. I think as a follow-up question to all of the vaccine talk, Operation Warp Speed, just the title itself makes me a little bit nervous about whether, you know, the vaccines are getting vetted uh, the way that they ought to and, you know, the idea of them being hurried through. Do you feel that they are getting vetted properly and that uh, they are going to be safe by the time they arrive? Uh, I do. We'll still do an additional assessment. And Mm -hmm. I met with some of the leadership from New York State and expressed the same desire to check you know, to check the data and to do a double check, but it's not a problem. We'll test this vaccine on people like Keola and um, Devin, and it'll be fine. Then we'll know <laughs> one way or another okay. whether it works. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. I, and I, I would imagine you are planning, Lieutenant Governor, to take the vaccine when it be, when it comes. I don't know. What do, What do you think? I will. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm a firm believer that. You got to lead by example. And if I'm going to support vaccinations, I'm going to take them mm-hmm. and I, and I'll take it early. I'm not afraid of things. So it's, but it is warp speed. It is obviously a smart concern for people to raise uh, because, you know, we're not, 
we're not crazy. I mean, sure, we want a vaccination <laughs> to get through this, but if it, if it does have bad side effects, we're going to wait for the next one. Mm-hmm. I just think that so far the research has been pretty good, and I've been following it closely since, I don't know, they've been working on this for many months. Mm-hmm. I've been getting some brief updates quietly for three months now, and the data has looked good, but they've had to move from you know stay, phase one to phase two, now to phase three um, trial, and it's it's normally at least a two to three year process, but there's so much interest, they're able to actually get a lot more people to volunteer. And so it's, you know, it's probably going to be okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor. We appreciate it. Uh, have a safe flight. Uh, how long are you going to be in D.C.? Just two days. Oh, then I'll oh come my back. gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's cool. All right. And, well, I, and, I, and I appreciate everybody's, um, you know, commitment to safety here. You know, so please, everyone, know that all this all the song and dance about vaccinations and tier one and tier two and TS three and all that, it is all real important and relevant. I mean, it's critical, but you want to beat this thing, personal responsibility and mask wearing will do it. It doesn't take a politician or Fauci or, or national leadership. It really just takes you. And if we wear masks in large numbers, we'll be celebrating. We really will. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, right sir. Right here on Kumu Kokua, 94.7 right. Kumu. It's Devin and Esme on the Rise and Drive on 94.7 Kumu.